We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,371 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Well, I'm healthy and alive. Uh, probably don't sound that. Got a little bit of a stuffy nose, but um, that's just allergies. So, Well, that's okay. I don't really hear that much of a difference. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. But tis the season, right? And it's, I'm not talking about to be jolly because I know a lot of people over in the U.S. that are not very well right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is the season. It, it Honestly, as a kid, this used to hit me all the time about Thanksgiving time, you know, end of end of November, early December. This is when my allergies would kick up and I, yeah, it was, that was always fun around this mm -hmm. time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sick just in time for the holidays. Yeah. So you can't enjoy that, uh, that Christmas. Do you do the eggnog stuff? I, I never really cared for it. Uh, I mean, occasionally it's not something that like, it, it's not a tradition, but uh, if it's there, I might drink a little bit of it. Um, actually, what we do is... Um, it's like, um, oh God, Red Hots. Um, the, Red they Hots, put the that candy? in the cider. Yeah, the candy. They, uh, it, it's kind of a tradition. They, they uh, make, um, you take one of the old coffee pots that percolate and you put the candy in the top and you do like apple cider in it. And it, Okay, yeah. this is a new one on me. I've never heard of anything like that. It must be a a thing that's down where you come from or something. Because it, it, I don't know where it came from, who started it, but that's kind of a tradition that we've been doing for a long time. So maybe it's an old, like an old timey thing that they used to do I back don't know. in the day when they well, didn't have money or something. I, don't I know. can tell you right now that if you are having a bit of a sinus problem, that sounds like it would clear that up in a hurry. <laughs> True. It is. It is very tasty. Yes. Well, speaking of tasty. Did, did you know that Hunter Biden's only crime, according to his attorney, his only crime is being the son of the president? That's where it began. I mean, that's where he learned all this is uh, being the son of the president. Honestly, it, it, it sounds to me like he's trying to throw the president under the bus. One would think so, yes. Uh, but and that's entirely possible because today, apparently, the House says that they're going to be looking at impeachment and the Speaker of the House, which I don't even know who in the hell. Like, what's his name? I forgot it already. You don't know either, um, do you? Give me a minute. I'll, I'll Google it. <laughs> you see what I mean? This is how insignificant this guy is. Is Nobody even knows who it is. But he has said today that he will sign off on uh, an impeachment, a possible impeachment, if it actually makes it and they can garner the votes and, and everything else. So, which they don't need Mike Johnson. Okay. They don't need the Senate to do that, to to actually do an impeachment. The way our system is, if you couldn't figure it out with the Donald Trump thing, and then those of you that are around that are old enough to remember the uh, the Clinton impeachment, the only part of Congress that needs to do the, uh, the vote on the impeachment is the House of Representatives, which currently is Republican controlled. They don't need the Senate in order to do that. Now, it would die in the Senate because the way our system is, he would be impeached in the House and the president, by all accounts, would be, quote, neutralized until the trial would happen. Well, the trial takes place in the Senate and the chief justice of the Supreme Court, in this case, would be Chief Justice John Roberts, would preside over it, which we all know that this is all going to just die anyway. So they would go through the motions and everything else in the Senate and it would be just... It would be a uh, buying them time. That's all. It so he would go down as in history as uh, a president that was impeached. Um, you know, he he would have his name there um, to honor that or whatever. 
because as you said, it really doesn't do all that much. The real power is uh, in the Senate where they can remove a president. Um, but as you said, Roberts, uh, he's more of a political animal and he's more concerned about the image of the Supreme Court uh, than he is about um, law, uh, the Constitution, uh, you know. Yeah. But anyway, he, he so he violates those things regularly to um, horse trade or whatever to make himself look good, to make uh, the Supreme Court look good, um, to make it look less... Uh, uh, what did he say? Uh, I forget the word he used there, but basically less, um, he tries to make it look less politicized and yet it's entirely what it is. You're, you're being political in this. It, you're supposed to be ruling based upon the constitution and what, what the founders intended, but instead he's constantly passing and pushing things or siding with, I don't know, like Obamacare. That was one of them. Uh, that, that that's where it started with Roberts thing. was that. Is yeah. we actually didn't know what Roberts was going to do until that decision happened, and then he's been that way ever since. Yep, now he horse traded in that. What what should have happened? This is what the Supreme Court is supposed to do. It's brought before them. They say yes, this is constitutional, or no, it's not constitutional. That's it. There, there's no horse trading. There's no yeah. If you remove this part, then I'll yeah I'll, I'll go along with it. No, it's the whole thing is unconstitutional. Bye bye. That's the way it's supposed to be. You don't tell them what part of it isn't because the entire thing isn't constitutional. But it should be that way. That's the way it's designed to be is, you know, we had all this stuff written into our systems like this for a reason, because it keeps them from actually changing stuff. They have to go through this process, this long drawn out process. And in the end, they usually lose anyway. That is the point of this. So they can't change anything. So they try to do these little end runarounds. The Supreme Court is supposed to be black and white. There is no gray area here. And it's it's interesting because when the government does something within another bureaucracy, there's never a gray area. It's always black or white. But when it gets to the Supreme Court, the entire thing's the opposite of that. It's not black and white, and the whole thing's a gray area, as you're talking about. It shouldn't be, well, um, yeah, I need to look at this subsection in this paragraph and, and this one here, because that line that you put in there, that's not constitutional, so that needs to be rewritten. Uh, no, no. The whole damn thing gets chucked out the back door, and all those attorneys have to go back to square one. And you go to the end of the line on the docket, Jack. You're waiting another five to ten years. Yeah, and um, which now the 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 next thing that's going to get expedited is this uh, Trump thing. Um, yes, the I've Supreme actually Court's got going to see that. So. Yeah, which again, that is that's a black and white thing. That is like the whole yeah. the whole thing on the the January sixth thing. That entire thing. This shouldn't even be an issue. This entire piece of hogwash should be thrown out on its face. Actually, so part of me is so okay. I'm I'm gonna be positive uh, for a moment. Okay, so they rake him through the mud like this, and let's say by some act of God he wins again. They have potentially uh, he he's a bit of a vengeful dude, spiteful dude, right? We could potentially use that to our favor and get a lot of people in the government fired and a lot of departments removed now yes that's very helpful that's that's the huff and the copium that that's not how this usually goes no because you you would need political clout in order to do that you need people with a spine people with a backbone to be able to go in there and execute these i don't for lack of a better term orders and they're just not going to do it yeah exactly He's already been branded as a, um, he's going to be a fascist ruler or some nonsense that they're saying he's going to be some dictator or whatever. And I'm kind of like, do you, do you guys not pay attention? Okay. So I know, I know the news media is biased and all this and blah, blah, blah. But like, are you guys so blind that you literally don't see that the, the government is using, uh, like the FBI, the, the White House specifically, the FBI, the FCC, the IRS to go after not just, um, high up, you know, politicians, but the little people, the, the the average American, and they're going after companies that you use, in fact, um, the, I'm speaking to the media here, and they're also, uh, the White House is also using those same departments to try to cover up crimes that they themselves have done, uh, not just in the past presidency, you know, during the Obama administration, but also during his own administration, just look at the cocaine. We don't know whose that was. Is it that difficult? 
Well, Bruce, they lost that evidence. Yeah, those those um, the three, three samples. Yeah, they, yeah. The, the three samples mm -hmm. that they still have in in the evidence locker that they say are not there. But well, it's entirely possible they could just be destroyed. Yeah, because uh, yeah, huh. it, 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 it's like it's like we've we've transported back into like the 1940s when the mafia still you know was a big. We're we're, we're still that's actually. No, with I, I have to I have to disagree with that because I was actually listening to somebody that was uh, a former mob guy. I mean, he was like a, a very high up. He was one of the he wasn't like the Don type, but he was he was over one of the um, it's like a capo or something like that. Kind of. Yeah, it, basically, he was, he was over. He was like one of the lieutenants or something. And he said and he, he actually went down. He did time. And he he even said publicly, he said, we weren't getting away with like a third of this stuff that's going on within the government now. What in the hell is all this? Well, uh, I mean, when you, when you, it, it works in the movies because when you've bought off all the politicians and the judges and the law enforcement and you have everybody on your side, you can just run things through and bought it, off. It's interesting mm -hmm. you say that uh, because I'm, I need to go over some things with you a post and we can discuss this when you get back. Th by the way, uh, this is your last podcast of the year apart from the next Tech Tuesday and you're be you'll be gone until next year. So this will yep. be something that you and I will discuss when you get back. You say bought off. Okay. Bought off by who? Yeah. Um, based on our research, uh, I, I think it's the Soviets. Um, Wait until you see these documents that I'm going to show you <laughs> of where that money came from. Uh, Wait until yeah. you see this. But you're on the right track. I'll just tell you mm. that. I'll tell you and the listeners that you're on the right track. And it's oh, yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to the time before the <clears throat> collapse and the, the bringing down of the Berlin Wall. So it was it was already yeah, it was already in the works. Anyway, so yeah, the court, the Supreme Court supposedly is going to hear this January 6th thing. Uh, they're going to review the charges of obstruction of an official proceeding that's been brought against more than 300 people. Uh, the charge refers to disruption of Congress certification of the 2020 presidential election uh, over Donald Trump. Four counts being brought against Trump in a special counsel, uh, Jack Smith's case that, that accused the uh, that accused Trump of conspiring to overturn the election results. And Trump's also being charged with conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. You know, uh, if this gets overturned by the Supreme Court, then that means all the people that are actually in jail now that actually haven't done anything that have been con wrongfully convicted would go free, right? Yes, but well, no. Yes, but well, no. Yeah, I agree with you. Yes, that should be the case. But we all know that's not going to happen. All those people are political prisoners. The yes. whole reason they're in prison is to to make sure the rest of us stay in line, to make sure that we know that if we ever uh, decide to peacefully protest against the government, the, the acting regime, the dictatorship, then we will be thrown in prison just the same. They're actually arresting people mm -hmm. now that we're not even there. Yep. They're, they're going after just average, uh, well, the, we've talked about the Catholics, um, They've had doors kicked yes. in and yep. arrested in front of their families. Parents that attended school board meetings because of yep. the LGBTQ you... whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, oh god, that one that one is horrible. The, the the story of the the dad whose daughter was raped multiple times by the transgender oh, yeah. kid oh, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And yeah. he was arrested and thrown in jail for their, for protesting that instant. Well, he got uh, a little bit vocal in one of the meetings. I, I don't know, man. If my kid was raped uh, multiple times and the not only did the school fail to tell me, but the uh, school board failed to tell me and uh, failed to warn parents about what happened, the, the kid was just moved to another school in the school district. He should have been thrown into juvie at least. Instead of all, I, I, I have difficulty. I, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, if you th if you think about this, yeah, if you think about this, playing off that, if you think about this, let's go back to the time that, that we were in school. Now, that was not that long ago. It, it might be a couple of years, but you know, when I say a couple, yeah. obviously, I mean a couple of, more than a couple, but yeah. it might be a few years. But, you know, I recall that we had two bathrooms in the mm -hmm. schools. We had the boys' mm -hmm. room and the girls' room. That was it. You know, those mm -hmm. are the only two restrooms you had. And mm -hmm. if any of the boys were caught mm -hmm. in the girls' restroom, the football coach was dragging your sorry ass out of there. Uh, I mean, it, so in the school that I attended, we had a lot of the good old boys. If well, the they football coach didn't get yeah. to you first, then they the good would've. old boys would have. Uh, yeah. And they're less forgiving. 
Yeah, well, that would have been the bike rack after school uh, or the parking yeah. lot. You know, that's what yeah. it would have been. Uh, or it would have been yeah. during lunch off campus somewhere. Uh, and, no, yeah. it would have been. Uh, these guys, when there was a wrong, uh, these good old boys, when there was a wrong that happened on the school premises, it was fist fisticuffs right then and there. Uh, one of my buddies, he got in a fisticuff and broke the guy's uh, cheekbone uh, in, a, in a fight. And, you mean he uh, fell? Of course, he got it. Yeah, he fell. He did. Yeah. Unfortunately, the teachers and everything were there watching the thing happen. So there was no there was no cover for him to say, well, he fell or he, he fell and, on his steel toe yeah. boot is what he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't mess with the farmer kids. That's all I have to say. And don't mess with the women in front of them. <laughs> Unbelievable how far we've come. Right. San Francisco. You talked about San Francisco last week when you were on and one of the city supervisors who just uh, this might be a shocker to you. He just happens to be a Democrat. I don't know if that's it. That, you know, if there's something mm. with that or, or whatever. I know it's a, it's a heavy Democrat city, heavy Democrat mm. run city. But there, you would think there might be one Republican in there somewhere. Uh, this San Francisco Democrat uh, city supervisor, uh, Dean Preston is his name. And he says that the homeless problem in the city is absolutely, this is a quote, absolutely the result of capitalism and that it is counterproductive to arrest people for openly doing drugs in the city. Okay. So the problem is people doing drugs on the streets in the city. That's the problem. So how then do you propose to fix the problem if you're not going to arrest them and put them through rehabilitation? Like, well, you have to have a rehabilitation program to begin with that actually works. True. That's the first True. step. So you have to have that prerequisite done, right? So the, these places don't have these types of things because it is the, the open air drug use that is endorsed and is promoted. And then, of course, you have the court systems. You have the district attorneys, such as the predecessor to the one that's in there now, who refuse to prosecute any kind of crime. So if you don't have a willingness to want to address this problem and deal with the root causes of it and then have a successful rehabilitation program in order to help facilitate all of that process to make sure that they don't relapse and go back down into the dregs of society and into the gutters shooting up in front of your wife and daughter, then there's no point. We have no programs that are actually able to, quote, rehabilitate people. It's the same problem. And we could go on and on about this and, and go into probably an entire mini series uh, of podcasts talking about how we don't actually rehabilitate people as in like true social reintegration. We do not have such a thing in the U.S. There are pockets of this in certain places that do have programs that are successful, but it's largely due to these uh, one-time spinoff things that get done by like these think tanks or these research groups or whatever. They get some nice funding put in there, and then it stops after a few years because, oh my goodness, we might actually have success with something, so we can't do that. Yeah, um, uh, so over the Thanksgiving break, I talked to a family member who's now working in that line uh, of trying to... It, it's state owned. Um, so, you know, it's not the best that can be provided, but uh, they they work at a, a state run rehabilitation uh, facility, basically. And the, the goal of the facility is to you, you take it's not just drug users. It's also like violent crimes. I mean, some of them were murderers. Uh, some of them were rapists. And they, they, they talked about this and were like, you know, it's difficult. Some of these people like it's difficult to see them going back into society. Uh, because of the crimes that they have done. But the, the goal of the uh, organization is to teach them how to uh, live a normal life, live as a productive member of society, if you will. They, they said the success rate is about 30%. Those are the people that actually go through the program that stick with it. Uh, even the ones that stick with it, um, sometimes they end up there again. Um, and that's... Uh, so the, the program still does have the option to deny people you know they, they get to so if, if a judge says you have to go through this program the the facility can still say yeah no we're not taking that one that, that's not a candidate so if you got somebody that's just still, working the system then obviously you don't want to go through the you know wasting right. the time and the resources and everything else if you just got somebody that's looking for a reduced charge or whatever to get out of it kind yeah, of thing exactly exactly uh so they definitely go through um whether or not they can rehabilitate them and even then You'll still have people that will relapse or they'll, which, you know, it, it, it happens, right? I, I, I get it, especially when you have a, an addictive personality, you know, that, that 
I, I understand that that's going to be your vice is going to be something that you have to deal with for the rest of your life. And you, you have to have complete abstinence on that. Otherwise, once you get a taste of whatever your vice is um, with addictive personalities, they're like, it, they just go right back into it. it it's, it's, yeah, it, it takes a lot of discipline. Anyway, um, the, it, it's just the success rate is so low. And it's, I don't know if it's because we don't understand how to rehabilitate those people, which to be frank, you can't you have to convince the individual to want to be rehabilitated and want to try. And uh, they talked about, uh, this family member talked about, um, you can tell when the lights turn on and they realize, wait, I can function as a, like a citizen in this country and not be a criminal. They're like, you can tell when it clicks and you can tell when they leave, they're not going to be back in here because they're going to, they, they get it together. So, yeah. GP was uh, doing some outreach stuff in uh, out in LA when he was out there for quite some time. And he said that the number of people that would actually go with him, it would be one of those where uh, you walk up to them on the street and you literally say, okay, well, are you ready to change your life? Are you ready to to start over? I'm offering you a way out, but you need to come with me right now. And they'll say, well, I've, I've got to do something. I've got to be here and I've got to be there. You're on the street doing drugs. You don't have anywhere to be other than to get your next high. I don't want to say it's a revolving door, but um, yeah. there's no point to, to any of this. The fact is, is that you cannot throw money at this problem and yeah. expect that this is going to be okay. What happened to all of those people when we, we, we let off with San Francisco? What happened to all of those drug users that this individual and those homeless people that are out there? I mean, they're part and parcel to the same, most of them. I understand there are genuine homeless people out there that cannot help it. And I do feel for those people. My heart goes out to them. But the drug users, I have almost no sympathy for that. They're on self-destruct. You have to want to change. If that's what you're going to do, then you have to want to change. If you want to get out of that, then you have to want to change your life. And nearest I can tell, none of them do. And if you think throwing money at this problem is going to fix it, you are dead wrong. I've been out there on the streets personally and dealt with this. This is not a money issue. They have thrown nothing but endless piles of cash at this problem, and it has done nothing other than dump honey on an anthill is all that it has done. It has exacerbated this problem, not solved it. So we cannot continue to do that. We need some, for lack of a better term, harsh medicine to solve this problem. And it requires political will, and no one wants to do it. Even even still, I think there's still going to be like, even if you could get like the best possible rate of recovery and everything, I don't think it'll, I, I don't think you're going to be able to, that addictive personality, I think it's still going to only be two thirds of the population that goes through those systems that will yeah, I agree. succeed there, that that addictive addictive personality um i i know people that have that that deal with that and they are very productive members of society yet their vices are something that haunts them like they cannot even imbibe a little bit like alcohol as an example like they can't even smell the stuff because then once that thought enters their mind of a little they described it as this Take a hammer or a piece of wire or something, right? And use the hammer to smash the finger and take the wire and just crimp down on that finger and just tighten it and keep tightening it. Now, ouch. yeah, ouch. Now, the moment you're on that drug, that pain is gone. That's true. Yeah. Try to get someone, try to get someone with that, that knows that to stop doing the drugs and have an addictive personality at the same time. That's why it's so difficult to convince those kind of people or to get them off the drugs is because when they're on the drugs or the alcohol or whatever, whatever their advice is, um, they don't feel that pain. And so you've got to figure out how to get rid of that pain in the first place. And that's where society as a whole, like our, our system of uh, rehabilitation has failed. We also have another problem in dealing with this, this uh, drug epidemic, and that is the source of it. We refuse to admit where this is actually coming from. No one wants to step up and say that. Nobody. Yeah. Um, well, it's because they're such great partners right. in business. We can't. Yes, yes yeah. of course. Great partners. Uh-huh. Right. That is San Francisco and the social ills. Bruce, they have a problem on the Texas-Mexico border. Did you know that? Did you know there's a, there's an issue down there? It's just you know, south uh, of you there. I, I didn't realize until... 
uh, just the other day, they said something about a few people coming across, and you know, it was just, yeah, I've heard rumor of a, a yeah. couple people coming across. Yeah, yeah. It, nothing major, not nothing mm. to be concerned about, not, nothing to be worried about whatsoever. Mm. Uh, Texas says that they are installing a uh, a climb barrier across the, uh, the the southern border. Climb barrier? The border patrol? They are armed, are they not? There's your climb barrier. Yeah. So th- this is unfortunately because of Abbott. Um, Unfortunately, I think he's lying. I I really do. Yeah. Well, he's tech. Okay. Legally, he's not lying. So if you put a barrier that is um, maybe waist high that you have to climb over to get across, that technically is a climb barrier. So when he says climb barrier, are we talking it's it's only three feet tall? Are we talking it's 20 feet tall? Which which one is it? And I'm more inclined to believe it's probably three feet tall. So more or less, it's these concrete barriers is is kind of what it is, like you see on the side of the road kind of thing. The, the Jersey divider, dividers? Is yeah, that, Jersey is that walls, the name? Yeah. yeah. Jersey walls. Yeah. That, that sounds more like it. it. Just something that they can do a hop, skip, and a jump over. You got the one guy on the other side, you know, with his fingers interlocked, just boosting everybody over, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. That, that's even if even if they did the slatted walls that, uh, you, you know, you they still climb those. They still climb. You still them. see them climb it, or they pull out a big ladder and uh, go over it. it like I and said, slide we have anti-climb barriers already. They're armed border patrol agents. That's as anti-climbing as you can get. Uh, I mean, and if you really have to have a barricade or or something to deter people from climbing, uh, you can have those climb barriers all you want. Razor wire also works really well. Well, we do have that. Yeah. When they put that Constantina wire up, when they put all that stuff up, they actually go down there and they cut it. True. But if you put it in places that it's difficult, um, yeah, I guess that's true. You would have to put more difficult, sharp, pointy objects that are difficult to get by and cut. Mm, Fair point. So, yeah, uh, probably the easiest way would be to make sure the Border Patrol are armed and authorized to um, deal with cartel members that are that are. shuffling people across the border uh, uh, that would that would definitely well help it things would, it would bit. help yeah it would help things to actually find out who's actually uh funding and arming the cartels too of course that was actually said in our senate armed services committee last year and nobody seems to want to care about any of that i have an idea who's funding them other than russia and china the the other people that are funding it is ourselves that's true yeah that is true i mean we, we don't know where the stuff is going in ukraine and oh would you look at that some of the stuff is coming up on the border Huh, that's crazy. Who would have thought? Interesting how they actually have M4s down there, the cartels, uh, because last I checked, they usually when you're supplied with a militia group south of the border or a guerrilla fighting group, it's uh, usually something out of the uh, the old Soviet era, usually, like AK-47 specials or AK-74s well, or something like that. Except for when it was... Um Except for when it was under um, Obama. Oh yes, Fast and, and Furious. Was, I forgot about it. And then hand yeah. grenades too. You know, they they shipped yeah. a lot of those in there too. Yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. Then you had Benghazi. We were doing gun smuggling there too, but yeah. that was Soviet era stuff. So yeah, know, it was to be Cold fair. War stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, the border. Now you know what? We could go down the road again. We could do a whole mini series on what's going on on the border. What's happening at Eagle Pass? What's happening at El Paso? I mean, all these places. We could we could go on and on and on about how to deal with this problem. We don't have any border security, and any border patrol agent that wants to step up and says, um, "Yeah, we're just babysitting, and we can't do our jobs." If they speak under the condition of actually saying who they are, they're either going to be reprimanded at the very least, placed on administrative leave, or all out fired, and that's the end of their career. So we don't have any enforceable policies at the border. Well, actually, we do have enforceable policies. We just will not enforce them. On top of that, you have the current administration and administrations of past, but none like what I've seen in the last three years, of openly advertising to bring in eight plus million from Central and South America. And and that's just the pathway to get in. We're apprehending people from over 100 different nations down there. So they're not just advertising in Central and South America. That's just the way to get them up there. And if you look at all the charities and all the tax-exempt foundations like Soros, the Catholic Charities, and all the damn rest of them that are working these programs through the United Nations and MasterCard and every other damn provider you can possibly imagine to shuttle them up from south of the border, from China, of all places. You're telling me that this is not an invasion? I got a bridge somewhere in Arizona. I'm ready to sell you. Yeah, um, it, it, it's time to um, 
I really wish we had people in the office that had a backbone. And unfortunately, we don't, because uh, some of the first things I would have had done is um, all those companies that you mentioned and uh, like everybody would get investigated. I would use the full force, the blunt force that the, the all the government has and bludgeon these companies and these uh, politicians and whatnot, uh, figuratively speaking, of course, uh, and go after them for... Well, effectively treason, because we're 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 bringing across literal armies that are going to try to overthrow our system. It's kind of a problem, kind of a just just a little bit of a problem. Slightly. Uh, China, apparently, well, as, as if that wasn't bad enough, China apparently is using a, uh, a, quote, cyber army to infiltrate the U.S. We've kind of been warning about this as as this was part of a, a larger uh, agenda that was, that's was that been put forth by the communist Chinese. I actually think that they're already in the U.S. and they're just bringing in some more down south of the border. Now, last week when you were on, Bruce, we looked at some video of, of some people that were caught on the border. Chinese nationals, clearly, they are not from Central and South. South America. They are clearly Chinese nationals uh, or of Asian origin, but most likely China because they speak Mandarin. You would think that's probably where they're from because you have interpreters down there. We're catching Chinese nationals. That is the second largest demographic outside of, uh, of those of Latin American descent that we're picking up on that border. Now, the ones that we caught last week that we had video of are standing there at parade rest. They're standing at ease. As in, hands behind the back, feet 12 inches apart, shoulder width usually. That means that they are trained or they have had military training at some point or something to that effect. Now, if that is the case and they are coming into the United States, then this poses a serious national security problem, as if the entire border isn't already a national security problem. But this is an even bigger one. Why do I say this? Because if China are sending PLA, People's Liberation Army operatives, if they're sending them now, then that means that something is coming very soon because they will not send operatives, Russia or China, either one of them, or North Korea or any of these other these other rogue nations. They will not send operatives ahead if it's going to be a long time operation. They don't do that because the, the amount of resources and things that are needed to be able to keep them in deep cover like that are very extensive. On top of that, you also risk losing control of them. This is the bigger problem, especially when you send them in mass. You don't want to keep them in country, uh, the target country for too long, because once that happens, they will start to become disillusioned. They'll start to think, hang on a minute. This is not exactly the country that I was led to believe. It's pretty good here. I, I have stores that are full of food and I can buy just about anything I want and live in relative comfort and and have a decent paying job and be left alone by the government mostly. So well, and let's not also not forget that uh, China also has a bit of a problem with the number of males and the number of females. There's a bit of that a, too. Uh, you know, that misbalance. Too. So these guys come over here and like, hey, we got single women here. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more inclined to stay. Get involved with a woman and. Uh, you have everything that, that you could want uh, just at your fingertips. Um, life is pretty good. You don't have the government breathing down your neck. Freedom of speech. By and all comparison. The things that the Constitution. By, by comparison, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you speak out on the wrong side, obviously. But if you go to the Democratic Party, it's pretty dang close to what you're used to. Um, so, you know. So that's why I say that it's a bigger problem that we're catching that many uh, Chinese nationals down there. That to me, that's a signal. That's a red flag. Or how did Christopher Ray put it? That useless FBI director, that that scumbag, that that traitor. How did he put it? He said, we're seeing uh, red flickering alarm bell lights or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Are you seeing it from the border, sir? Because I don't believe you are. You're too busy at school board meetings. You're too busy at January 6th hearings or whatever, or hunting down people that were not there. That's what you're busy doing. Or you're hunting down Catholics that are attending a Latin mass. Or somebody that posted a meme. Or somebody that posted a meme. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Man has no balls. Nobody in Congress has any balls to call him out on it either. True. Right. So anyway, China, they say that they have a cyber army that, that are infiltrating the U.S. This, I believe, would be part and parcel to a pretext to a couple of things. One, the Chinese nationals, you could work with them on the border, the ones that are coming across. Because what are we doing? We're kicking them a summons 
and saying, yeah, you need to show up for court uh, in seven years. Oh, and by the way, here's a free smartphone for your troubles. Have a nice day. And they get released into the country and they disappear into parts unknown, going into mostly organized crime groups. Because if you're illegal, then you're not going to get a job. But that could also be a pretext to work with these individuals on the other side. Once you're there, you could set up what needed to be set up for an infrastructure sabotage, couldn't you? Of course you could. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I would like actually. I, I ripped the Democrats there for a moment. Uh, let me let me rip the Republicans real quick. Uh, you mentioned uh, you can't get a job because you're illegal. Just go to your local business that's a Republican lined, and you'll probably get a job right there under the table quite easily. That's a fair point. You know, usually like a, a service job, a cleaning job, or something like that. Yeah, that that is true. Landscaping, farming. Landscaping. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, U.S. officials and cybersecurity experts warn that the Chinese military is increasingly attempting to infiltrate essential infrastructure such as utilities, communication, and transportation services in the United States. Oh, you mean so Amtrak's not going to work? I don't think it works anyway, does it? Uh, Not for the average person anyway. No, it doesn't. Uh, But this is actually, no, in in all seriousness, this is going to cause a bigger problem. You know, I was actually listening to a uh, a professor for uh, one of our it was one of our universities that trains uh, cyber hackers or whatever, the, the white hats, right? So the, the white hat hackers. So these are the those are the, quote, good hackers, right? So you have black hats such as like um, uh, ones that come from like Iran or something or, or North Korea anonymous. or Russia. Yeah, or anonymous or something like that. And then you have white hat hackers that combat those. You know, these are the ones that that will go into a system that are trained. They will go into a system and they will find all your vulnerabilities and they will tell you about them so you can better prepare and and better secure your system for it. So these types of people are essential. Uh, One of the points that this professor was actually making was uh, it was due to our infrastructure. And he says that we're training our own. Uh, he, you know, he trains white hat hackers to be able to deal with this uh, specifically because of our electrical infrastructure. He said one of the things that keeps him awake at night, and quite frankly, it should keep everybody in the United States awake, is what I'm about to say. East of the Mississippi, which is where a majority of our population is in America, it is home to over 100 million of our citizens, over a third of the country. We have a transformer system that is vulnerable. It is not hardened in any way, shape or form. This was brought to the attention of the Obama administration. And Obama said, oh, don't worry, I'm going to take care of that and defunded everything involving that. So there was never any do- anything done that was needed to harden our systems. Now, why do I say this? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Why do I say that this is a problem? Well, if that transformer becomes compromised, if this main hub becomes compromised in any way, shape or form, and that transformer hub becomes unusable, then we're talking about a blackout on the entire eastern part of the United States. That's a third of the country in the dark. Now, the good news is, is that we keep one of those transformer hubs in reserve that we can replace it with within a few days. Okay, so that's the good news. The bad news, there are two parts to this bad news part of it. The bad news is it takes three years to manufacture another one if the second one goes offline, the replacement. So when we're about to replace the one we have, we put the order in a couple of years before to make sure that we have the second one ready, the backup ready for the backup, right, or the replacement. If that one doesn't make it, well, then we don't have another one. Now, here's the worst part of all of this. Where do you think that replacement transformer hub comes from? Bruce, you want to take a guess? Invade, I guess. The same people that are invading us. It comes from China. You could not make this up. If you were writing a bad Hollywood script by the Obamas, which I heard there's a Netflix movie out, by the way, that shuts down the entire grid, uh, and it's all the fault of white people, I guess, um, then you could not write this. This is like truth is stranger than fiction in this sense. Yeah, there is one other good side to this. One other benefit, I guess, is the the power grid you're talking about um, over there on the East Coast. I mean, it's kind of like the West Coast. If it fell off of the country, would we be better or worse off for that? I mean, well, if you're DC, talking about we don't need that. Yeah, New York. We don't need D.C. We, yeah, New York. Eh, well, you know, New York, New York is OK. It's a it's a financial hub, but it just needs a good cleaning, if that yeah. makes sense. It just needs a I, needs a good cleaning. I'm being facetious, obviously. But um, but my, my point is, is um, this is I if I remember right. It, it, there's like 11 hubs or something like that. And and if one of those 11 go down, 
of these main ones. If one of the 11 go down, it causes all the others to go out. Yeah, so, so it creates a series, big... Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of a problem. Um, and as you said, we, we have um, people coming across the border that are aligned with um, destroying us. Not not even just Chinese. They, they could be uh, Russian. They could be Iranian. They could be, uh, you know, with Hezbollah or uh, Hamas or any of the other terrorist organizations that we've pissed off over the years um, or are just uh, indoctrinated to hate us, any of them or homegrown. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios that could go down um, or a hot air balloon um, that China sent over with a EMP on it, all kinds of stuff. And what has the government done to, I I know I flippantly kind of throw around treasonous and, and whatnot in this, but literally we're having politicians setting things up for our enemies to destroy us. Um, if that isn't treason, then please, you're going to have to define it for me because uh, that's literally what treason is. This is exactly the point, Bruce, is because of the grand deception that has taken place over the last three decades, especially, it's been longer than that, but the last 30 years specifically going on 40, they have removed that word from our vocabulary because we don't have adversaries. We have partners. Just like we don't go to war, we do policing exercises, peacekeeping. Yes. Uh, we don't we don't go to yes. war anymore. Yeah. I actually I actually had uh, a quote. Uh, if you give me just a second, I'll see if I can dig it out. Hold on just a moment. One of the actual people that was actually involved in bringing this to the attention of people here in the West, uh, at least the ones that would listen, was a man named Georgi Arbatov. Okay, or Georgi Arbatov was the head of the he was the founding director of the Institute of the, of the United States and Canada of the Soviet Academy of Sciences, later known as the Russian Academy of Sciences. Now, what is this? You've probably never heard of such an organization. I can tell that I don't think Bruce has either. And I hadn't either until a few weeks ago. This is an institution that is literally set up by the Russians or set up by the Soviets way back in the day that still exists today. And it is designed to study us in every way, shape and form, our culture, our behavior, everything about us. It is designed to study us, to understand us and to defeat us. Again, you've probably never heard of this institute. Now, the founding director of that took a little trip to the United States during the time of the Soviet Union and spoke at the University of California at Irvine. And he said at that meeting, and I quote to all the nodding professors, all the good professors that were there, he says, this is a quote, our major secret weapon is to deprive you of an enemy. Bruce, you wonder why we don't have treason, because they removed the enemy from the game board. They inverted the game. They changed it. Now we have uh, no enemy, but enemies, I mean, terrorism, but there's terrorists aren't enemies because they don't wear a jersey themselves, right? They blend into the civilian populace. So um, that's the enemy we were given and uh, encouraged to focus upon 9-11. And um, yeah, that's... um, Fast forward. Okay, so you got 1988, Georgi Arbatov. You fast forward to... 2007. There was a book named Comrade J. You can pick it up on Amazon or you can go to archive.org and they have digital copies. You can check one out for 14 days if you want to read it. And on page seven of that book, one of the Russian intelligence defectors named Sergei Trejikov came to us in the United States in 2008 and said the following thing. I want to warn Americans. This is a quote from the book. I want to warn Americans. As a people, you are very naive about Russia and its intentions. You believe because the Soviet Union no longer exists that Russia is now your friend. It isn't. And I can show you how Russian intelligence is trying to destroy the U.S. even today and even more so than the KGB did during the Cold War. So again, I ask, we don't have the word treason anymore. Why not? One could say it's uh, for treasonous reasons that we don't use the treason... You got it. You got it. You got it. That's exactly the point I was trying to make. You pulled it right out of my head. Was that you got enemy agents all throughout our system on both sides of the Atlantic? We have been in 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 the terms of of Yuri Bezmov, we've been contaminated and we've got to deal with this problem. Uh, And now the chickens on this one are coming home to roost. You know, this is this is going to be the uh, uh, the end result of 30 years of failed policy. People are in for a really rude awakening. So, again, this was another one of those defectors that was ignored. All of these people that have come across to tell us this have been ignored because it goes against the policy. It goes against the institutions, the institutions that have walked away with all this money 
and have prided themselves on knowing strategy. That is fine if you know strategy and you're part of one of these BS think tanks. But what do you know about dialectics? What do you know about Marxist ideology, Marxist-Leninist ideology? What do you know about it? They dismiss it as political nonsense, philosophical nonsense. They do not understand, the people in these think tanks in the West, they do not understand that this ideology is a revolutionary ideology. They dismiss it and say it has no part in any decision-making process, when in fact it is the opposite. It has everything to do with all the decision processes that go on in these countries. Yeah, and uh, I know the listener that uh, has been listening to us for a while, you understood what you just... When you're referencing revolutionary there, you're not meaning... Well, I mean, I guess it is technically world-changing and and new, new, new think and all that, but it's it, revolutionary in the sense of they're trying to overthrow us. They're trying to destroy us. They're tr- it, it, it's war. It's not, um, it's not in the good sense of revolutionary, making a positive change like our revolution in the United States. Yes, but they like to equate it to that. Putin likes to do that. He says, well, basically the, the communist revolution, uh, the October revolution, excuse me, the, the October revolution and the American revolution were basically the same thing. Uh, no, sir. No, they were not. No, I, I, I beg to differ. Now, if you go to a quote, and I'm going to quote again, if you go to 1968, Colonel Krupnov, who was a Soviet military theorist, right? This was one of those uh, Sokolovsky types that, that wrote the military uh, ideology and doctrine. Everything was based on the idea that Sokolovsky wrote about in um, Soviet military strategy. I don't have the book. It's actually behind me on the, on the bookshelf, but I'm actually, I'm going to be delving into something different here in just a minute. But anyway, this is a quote. And I've read this in several other books uh, when it comes to Marxist-Leninist dialectics and, and their ideology. He says, and I'm quoting from his writings, the communist ideology, Marxism-Leninism, there is a difference. There is a difference. That is not just Marxism. There is Marxism-Leninism. Marxism-Leninism declares a decisive war on capitalist exploitation and scientifically grounds the need for revolutionary destruction of capitalism and its replacement with a socialist and communist social order. So that reinforces what you're saying, Bruce. Much like cancer. You know, we, we tend to use uh, poisons and, and radioactive material to kill cancers. That's kind of what we need to kill this cancer, too. I, I'm not really sure how you get rid of this ideology without uprooting the cause of that cancer, uprooting the, uh, the spreaders of it. And uh, yeah, that's um, unfortunately, we don't know exactly who the, the, the ruling body is of this, uh, you know, the head. We have ideas. Uh, but we don't exactly know who it is. So yeah, maybe maybe a, a, a brand new parking lot might be in order because then you're sure you you get them. Right. I suppose we will move on to we'll move on to something. It will we'll end on this. We'll end a few minutes early because I know we got some other things we need to we need to do. Uh, I don't want to get to the LeBron James, LeBron James sitting down like Colin Kaepernick. Who gives a damn? You know, I it, the guy's disgraceful. He he makes hundreds of millions of dollars in in a country and calls himself oppressed. Am I oppressed? I thought we would talk about this. Uh, this is kind of a this is kind of a, a little bit of a um, a happier thing to end on. You're not going to believe this, but Chuck Norris is going to make another action movie. I I'm surprised by this one. I um, legitimately thought he was uh, retired. Uh, I'll be nice because the dude is actually legitimately a really nice dude. He is a, a yeah a good dude. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought he was uh, too old for this. I thought retired. he was too. As soon as I, I thought exactly as you did when you when you brought it up, you said, "Isn't that guy like 80? And I thought, "Yeah, yeah, he actually yeah. is, yeah, uh, or close to it, or something like that." But he, uh, he is. The last thing I remember him in was uh, what was it, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger? You know, that was a, yeah. that, of course that was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. But he actually wrote the article promoting his own movie for World Net Daily. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, it's Chuck Norris, right? So I mean, he and his brother wrote Walker, Texas Ranger. So I mean, they did, yeah. Yeah. So um, they've got it in them. Yeah. So the movie is going to be uh, called uh, it's a military sci fi combat film. It's called Agent Recon. So uh, he plays a guy named Alistair. He's the commander of a covert Earth security task force and calls upon a superpower rookie named uh, Jim Ting to go on a mission led by the battle hardened Colonel Green Singer and his seasoned Marines to track a mysterious energy disturbance at a base in New Mexico suspected of experimenting on alien technology. Bruce, in that Area 51? I, that, that, that's kind of an... Yeah, Sounds, yeah anyway. Of. Yeah, they encounter an unknown... The team will then encounter an unknown being of not only extraordinary, uh, of extraordinary strength and speed, but also the ability to control mindless warriors 
and the trio have to fight through unstoppable hordes to uncover the truth behind the hostile alien fortress and prevent humanity's demise. So basically, Chuck Norris is going to go in and kick everybody's ass and and shoot people. And yeah, that, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, he's going to do it in full military kit, too. Yeah, I mean, um, interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of skimming over the uh, trailer and whatnot and seeing some of the stuff. Dude looks good for his age. Uh, I'll give him that. He does. I mean, I'm I'm looking him. I'm looking at him do some of the, um, you know, some of the fight scenes here. They're choreographing some of that, and he's still got it. I'll, I'll give him that. He he still has it. I mean, some of that could yeah, be effects when, and things, but I mean, he's he seems he still seems fit. Like he's not fat uh, or anything like that. Yeah. He's he still seems like he's he's in shape. And he was always uh, big into the fitness thing. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he and his wife. I remember. Um, they were advertising their whatever the the, the total, gym. total gym. Or, yeah, the yeah, total gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's always looked good. He's always looked good. I mean, he as you said, he's never been like you know overweight, fat, or any of those kind of things. Didn't do the Steven Seagal um, thing. You know, he, Seagal. No. Seagal was you know he was he was like this fit and and virile like just badass, and then all of a sudden it's like Steve, what'd you do, bro? <laughs> What happened? Well, apparently he was a poser the entire time, though, because the martial arts that he was a master of or whatever doesn't exist. It, what? It's garbage. Yeah, what? apparently. Yeah. Hang on a minute. No, no, no. I've actually seen him doing yeah. instruction stuff. You're telling me that's not real? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently that stuff is like, if you knew like uh, judo, you would he would kick his ass. Basically, Hang on a he uh, he actually he Steven Seagal opened up the first. Yeah. English speaking dojo in Japan. You're telling me that yeah. that, that, that like that wasn't real? Yeah, well no, he might have actually done that and they may have actually taught a legitimate form of martial arts there potentially. But no, he's he's a scam artist himself. Not I, I, okay, I shouldn't say scam artist. Let me let me let me rephrase that. He's an actor. He does well acting the part, but actually being skilled at the at a competent form of martial arts that could be used in the like defending yourself in a, a situation or something it, it's not ideal interesting well you know he is a russian citizen now he was given his citizenship personally by vladimir putin uh yeah he yeah i, I don't know i mean it, i guess this is my problem with him now currently is i get it we get old and um it, you, it takes a little bit more work to keep the pounds off as you get older um because you know it's just aging uh and he didn't do any of that. And then you have people like Chuck Norris who are older. I mean, Seagal is doing movies sitting down doing fighting scenes now. That is true. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's have, still doing that. Yeah. And then you have Chuck Norris um, doing the full chore uh, choreographed stuff uh, in kit. You know, I mean, good on him for doing it, you know? I suppose so. All right. Do you have any last words that you would like to impart before you depart for the year, my friend? Uh, yeah. Uh, since this will be, well... Uh, we'll still have the the tech one I'll be on, but um, for those of you that don't listen to the tech one, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, you know, wh whatever holiday you celebrate. Um, uh, go enjoy some time with the family, uh, friends, uh, the new year, if you celebrate that, you know, don't get too drunk. Uh, just you'll, you'll find as you get older, alcohol is not your friend. Yeah, because yeah, you probably wasted those years when you were younger and uh, wasted all those blackout drunk time. <laughs> and now uh, when you want them, when you get older, you no longer have them because you've already spent them. Anyway, yeah, stay safe. Enjoy family, friends, you know, um, have some good food and Merry Christmas. We will see you next year, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. We will go ahead and call this one done. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.